This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean. On this episode, I'm really pleased to share the second part of my interview with Robin Jacobson from the Tax Institute with you. In case you missed the first half of this conversation, go back and listen to last week's episode, episode 37, because we talk about the important role that tax agents play in our world generally and how they have absolutely been the unsung heroes in this pandemic. Robin also shared some amazing stats about the fundamental role the industry plays in our business and economy, as well as some skills we need going forward, both as an industry and individually. This episode picks up where the one that one left off, and we continue our discussion on the key skills for accountants of the future, including in areas of mental health, communication, and social media. Plus, Robin gives her top three predictions for the major challenges facing our industry and the opportunities that are inherent in those challenges, if we are prepared. Enjoy the rest of this conversation with Robin Jacobson from the Tax Institute. Mental health is another one. Yes. Where where do you start and finish with this one? It's something that, again, because accountants are so in touch with their clients, they're not just in touch with them regularly, but they get to have some very difficult conversations with them. We're talking about financial decisions, we're talking about restructuring, when to expand your business, when to appoint new staff, lay off staff, deal with a business partner, separate from a business partner, estate planning, dealing with superannuation and retirement. There can be very difficult conversations that had to be had. And further, this has been exacerbated by the pandemic, where there have been some highly stressed and depressed people through this past few months where accountants have had to go into spaces that they may not feel comfortable doing, aren't equipped to handle, may not have the skills to handle. Now, certainly at the Tax Institute, we have been supporting our members through a program called Go for Growth. Mm -hmm. And this is a a member product which provides access to thousands of courses across things like communication skills and customer service. But it also gets into areas of how we handle human resources and, and leadership and health and safety. Now, they're more perhaps more mechanical workplace type issues, but mental health is also such a big part of it. The ATO has an area on their website dedicated to how they're supporting practitioners through this. So it's an area that's very difficult. I would add to that areas like emotional intelligence, conflict resolution. Yeah, maybe they're new buzzwords, but people that are better able to connect with others that have empathy that can resolve conflicts, that can approach situations with a greater degree of emotional intelligence. 
are going to be able to handle those situations better and ideally come up with better outcomes. Yeah, and that's such an interesting area because that's an area that when I move from tax compliance, merger and acquisition stuff into advisory and was wisely told to get rid of my tax base because it was getting in the way, biggest and worst mistake I made. Best mistake I made because it actually made me. And when I got into there, I had to start learning. You know, if you mentioned EQ to me, I would have gone, yeah, whatever. Um, and, but they're the skills that I had to develop and, and the importance of it and the magic of it. And you can learn empathy. You can learn AI. We can put that stuff around you. And we work solely with accountants. So we've developed systems that we can do that. And they're so important because if you really want to, do this. But then by learning that, you actually help yourself as well. Because the mental health issues in our industry are, yes, there's one thing on our clients and it's super important. And the suicide rates coming out of COVID, there's more people committing suicide than dying of COVID. And we're not seeing those stats. They're just horrific. But what horrifies me more, and this is pre-COVID, is actually the suicide rates in our industry. We're third to fourth top of the list. And most of them are men. So we need to really work with our guys and work on that. And it is uncomfortable, but there's ways and means to do it. It sounds like the Tax Institute has great support. Are You OK has great support. Lifeline, we need to get into this because our clients are going to need us. But first of all, we have to bring the oxygen mask down. I'm so happy that you brought that up. And if you are talking to people, please just ask them if they're OK. And then go from there because we need you all to be okay because you are the support system, you know, going forward. Yeah. Did you have I think of also other areas where accountants are going to have to further their skills and get involved in things. We've got an aging population. Yes. So issues like estate planning, business structuring and succession, governance of family businesses, retirement planning, intergenerational transfers are going to become more and more common as we've got business owners aging and wanting to move out. And this massive shift in wealth in the years and decades ahead is going to be really significant. I've often joked that with tax disputes, they are triggered by one of three things. There would be an audit from the ATO or a death or a divorce. Yes. And if you're really lucky, you get all three happening at the same time. So. The importance of being able to navigate your way through that. Yeah, that does happen. It's terrible. It's like It does. And look, audits are stressful at the best of times. Divorce and death bring in highly emotional issues. It's where people's – I'm not going to go into moral compass. That's not fair to say that and judge people about what they're doing and the decisions they make. But they can be very traumatic times for people. And whether you've got someone who's going through a terminal illness and it's prolonged or it's been a very sudden passing – it still has to be dealt with. And the whole issue where we've got clients with very sophisticated structures these days, and there's still a fundamental lack of understanding, often across the public, about accessing superannuation post-death and can I leave that in my will and mm -hmm. testamentary trust and the control of my trust and my companies. We've got these complex structures and they all need to be unwound when someone passes away. Yeah, and the storytelling behind that, we've, we've developed a program around, around the legacy planning and telling the story to people before something happens. This is the story that your structure is telling you. Is that the story you want to see if something happened to you? We need to start that. And I think Robin's a massive storyteller. You know, the way she just told the story about the job keeper, that's a great explain, uh, you know, example. We can decommit 
Do you do that? And that's planning stuff. That's not wills. That's not structuring. That's not even technical. We can do that because we understand that we need to get that storytelling ability. We need to find out what they want, what story they want to tell. We changed it from estate planning to legacy planning because people hate estate planning. It means you're going to die. You don't want to really admit that at some point. But what legacy, you know, leads and it's such right now, that's the biggest thing that we're seeing because people are actually waking up and going, holy, you know, and the great thing about our industry, you know, going forward with relevance is that death and taxes are the, you know, and change, they're the three things. There's one more I can't ever remember that, that you can rely on happening. And we're in all of them. So, you know, we can be relevant, but I think we need to make ourselves very relevant. And the stat that I was talking about for with the trusted advisor, you were right, we are, but people aren't acknowledging it. So when those surveys come through, they don't think they have one, but they have one. And we just need to work on that. So then we don't actually need to do much more apart from actually get our our ability to storytell our value. You know, and this was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I think your storytelling is amazing. But, yeah. Thank you. Look, it's about understanding your audience. And I've spent more than 20, nearly 25 years talking directly face-to-face with audiences. Mm. Now, whether that was a small group of accountants in the boardroom whether it was a larger group or hundreds literally in a big conference setting. I recently was involved in the Tax Institute's Tax Summit up in Sydney. Now, I was one of the keynote speakers. We had a, a Q&A session on tax reform. There were 1,500 people in that audience. So when, you know, mind you, there were bright lights, and it was hard to see everyone in that size room. But when you've got audiences constantly in front of you, yeah. you need to make sure your message is getting through to them. And one of the things I identified early in the COVID pandemic was that we were being absolutely smashed as a profession yes. and, and still are, to be, to be frank. The quantity of information and not just the amount of it, but the complexity, trying to get your head around what was coming out of Canberra in those early weeks was phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it in my career. And I very quickly took to, as I have been for some years anyway, summarising what was going on with the various messages from the government and the ATO. Now, my LinkedIn posts for many people became a lifeline. There are practitioners who still express their, their gratitude to me for what I was able to share with them. And collectively, across the posts that I produced over that period, and I had infographics and summaries and explanations and all sorts of things, they were collectively viewed more than half a million times. And it just astounds me of the reach that you know, a little voice, my little voice can have mm-hmm. when I guess it, it cuts through the noise. And what did you do with your storage? Um, remember in 2018, the week of August, when we had all those political leadership challenges and Parliament went home for an afternoon so they could sort out leadership woes and we had bills moving through Parliament. Just the day before Scott Morrison was uh, appointed leader of the the Liberal Party, the day before the base rate entity legislation moved through the Senate. And it quietly did so. It was actually the afternoon that the House of Reps went home because they were trying to sort out the leadership of the party, but the Senate kept sitting for a few hours. And I noticed um, that this particular bill had been passed by the Senate. It had been before the Parliament for about a year. And this had been a saga that had gone on for about two years already, lowering the corporate tax rate for smaller companies. And I put up a post that said, you know, by the way, if you didn't get this today, um, this particular bill cleared the Senate and and this is now going to become law. 
And I remember someone responded to me and said, thank you. With all the, the noise today and the circus that was going on in Canberra, here's a clear voice that actually managed to cut through all that and tell us what we needed to know today. And I think that's the importance for anyone who's delivering a message. Yes. And whether this be an accountant talking to their client in their office, whether it's talking about a speaker at a conference, or whether it's someone on social media getting the messages out through blogs and posts and columns, you need to understand your audience and you need to make sure that they understand your message. Mm -hmm. And that that is key, isn't it? Because we are on overwhelm at the moment and we tend to be generalists too. And when I work with accountants about let's niche down, let, let's really get to know your ideal client because then we can, you know, you know, oh, well, I don't want to let any go. You can't get to know everybody. So you need to be really focused. You can't clear that message up until it, and you know, you've got a clear message because you've got clearly focused on who it is and what you're talking of to. So you can be laser so you don't miss something like that. And then obviously the credibility that then rolls around it because you've been doing it consistently and persistently for a long period of time. So this is not an overnight thing, people. Robin just didn't pop up in 2018. She's been working really hard. I'm going to assume on these skills over a long, long period of time, as we all do. Fantastic. And Sorry. the award that I won about a month ago, that's not just because of 12 months worth of work. It, as you say, it comes after many years of, of effort. But coming back to social media, it's something that it's not optional anymore. It's not frivolous and it's not the space of a few IT nerds who are playing on the side. It's a core part of how we communicate. And social media builds trust, connections, and it establishes and maintains your own reputation. The ability for businesses and practices and firms and individual practitioners to not just be on Facebook. I don't care what you had for breakfast, but if you've got some insights you yep. can share, if you've got a way of explaining something that no one else has been able to do or in that manner, then it's going to be embraced. And I found with social media, it's very quick to respond. You know, if you start a blog or if you start a podcast or if you start putting out content, it's amazing how quickly people find it. Yes. But it's also interesting how quickly they will leave it if they realise it's not original or it's stale or it's not going to add value to what they're doing. Or it's yeah, There's a lot of noise on social media and you've got to know where you to find it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what you do to find the value that is. Yeah. And it, this is going forward. Like we work with so many people who, you know, you look at their LinkedIn and stuff and they don't have all their followers are accountants. And these are accountants, you know, and stuff like that. And look, it terrified me and it still does. I still have problems. I still have someone who has to literally kick my bottom to um, do social media because you know, it's a scary place, but we need to get out there and to get relevant and to get valued. We need our end user and our end users there. And we can go in a, you know, safer social media as LinkedIn is and get there because if we don't, others are, and they don't have the depth that we do. We need to be in this space and we need to get over our discomfort. Now I can talk to that because I'm trying to get over mine. So it, it is super, super important. And I'm sure Robin, the first time you went out there, it was scary. And the second time and the third time and the 75th time. But it's necessary for us to do it. But be focused and be true to your message and work out what that actually is. It does develop over time. And I don't, what are, you, what are your thoughts? I don't think you ever stop developing that. I think you get more and more clear. And what I find, I don't know if you found it, you get more and more narrower, you know, as well. So I think that's such an important message. You never stop learning. You never. never. And when I speak to young accountants and look, there are 
ruling numbers and sections and cases that just roll off my tongue because I've talked about them for so many years. And you, know, you too would remember something well if you spoke about it um, many, many times a week, many times a month, and, and by the end of a six-month period, you've said it you know, 400 times. So absolutely practice will improve what you're doing. But it's also experience, and I, I want to give this perspective perhaps to some of the younger practitioners. When I was starting out, I used to look at my bosses and I thought they were really, really smart. Now, they were smart, yes, but they were no smarter than me. What they had that I didn't have back then was experience. And now that I've gone through a cycle of federal elections, federal budgets, bills being introduced that become law, that years later are challenged by a court case that goes to the high court, the law gets changed again, you start to see the cycle of how law is developed and how it all evolves. Now, more broadly across the profession, you get experience. That's the, the joy of getting older. And yes, we'd all love to go back and have the experience we have now and the money we've got potentially now and go back and have the fun that we have in our 20s. But the joy of getting older is every year gets better because of your experience and your insights. And then that further enhances the way you go about undertaking your professional world. So it's exciting. And I think there's still so much to look forward to, even in all this doom and gloom at the moment. Uh, and look, I think Robin said something key there, guys, is that lean into it because we're going, there's going to be challenges. And one of our biggest challenges as accountants is if we don't know the answer to someone and we don't know how it's going to turn out, we don't like it because that's not just our personalities, but we need to lean into it. That's how we get experiences. You've got to be making mistakes and you've got to actually have safety. And that's not making mistakes in, you know, technical aspects, but social media, anything that's new, you need to lean into it and we need to get more comfortable in our discomfort because this isn't easy, but it's quite simple. But, um, you know, we've got to do that and that's how you get experience. And if you want to escalate and accelerate that, you've got to keep trying and new things as well. And this is for not just young people. Like, you know, my passionate space is more the 40s to 60-year-old accountants because I think we need to change. We've been doing it for a long time and, you know, we need to change and I'm nearly 50. So if I can change, anyone can. Um, and um, we need to take the same approach as well because we have the experience, but we need to now challenge ourselves so we can get that experience out into the market in ways that we don't haven't had to do before and are comfortable, and which is exactly what Robin was talking with social media. So that's such a great point, no matter where, where you're on the age spectrum. And particularly going back to Robin's original, as one thing you said before, with which the our ageing population, so our age groups are the ones that will be there to hold the hands and we need to quickly, you know, get there because there's going to be a massive, some is it like 200 and something billion dollars worth of wealth is going to transfer in the next 10 years. We're on that. We've got the experience, but we need to get these skills going, these uncomfortable, softer skills. And Robin, could we come up with a better term than soft if they were soft and easy? everyone would be doing it. They're harder, I think, than technical skills. Oh, they are hard. Um, look, I think maybe just accept that they're non-technical. <laughs> yep. They're just as important. They're just not technical skills. So, yeah. Okay. There's quite a bit there. Um, I would like to wrap it up now. We always have a bit three tips. Now, you've given quite a lot, but for anyone listening on how you can meet the challenges going forward and, um, yeah, maybe some personal ones because, you know, it'd be interesting to see how you balance all of that and still look fantastic and, and happy and awake because do you actually sleep? <laughs> I do. 
Um, so look, three things I think are the major challenges for the profession in the future. And by future, I'm talking from tomorrow onwards. Next day. I'm not talking necessarily 10 years from now. Number one is technology, and this is not in any particular order, but I've talked about how important it is that firms continue to adapt as individuals should to the new technologies. The pandemic, I feel, is going to change the way we work forever. Yeah. It's going to change many things in our lives forever. There has certainly been this discussion about superfluous office space. Individuals have shown that staff can work from home. So we've, we've got the ability, but we are social creatures. So it'd be interesting to see where we land between working solely from home, which I don't think is healthy, and being solely based in the office as well. I think we're going to see much more flexibility on how that looks and, gosh, what that means for commercial landlords. I think they're probably concerned already. Secondly, the ageing profession. Now, we've talked about the population ageing, but our profession is ageing as well. And if we think about, yes, if we think about company auditors and self-managed fund auditors, the majority would be 50 plus. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to continue to replenish our numbers by attracting new members to the profession and providing pathways for younger practitioners. There will be an exodus of more experienced practitioners in the years ahead. So this provides wonderful opportunities for younger practitioners to get involved in their professional bodies, invest in their careers, and I'm going to finish with um, this point, get involved in tax reform. <laughs> now, yes. if I could explain our tax system like this, you may have heard the analogy of the camel, which is really a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> so there were too many conflicting opinions when the horse was being designed, and so there was so much compromise and special rules and we've ended up with something where each part was designed to be functional, but it really, the whole thing now looks like such a mess. Oh, my now, God. Our, some of our accounting systems in accounting. That too. Another analogy I've heard about our tax system is that it's like a road with potholes and we keep putting new bitumen down to repair the potholes, and now the entire road is so covered in repairs that we cannot see the original bitumen anymore. So it is time that. We need to shape our tax system so it can sustain us through the next 50 years. The Tax Institute is certainly leading the charge here. We are pushing mm -hmm. and we're going to be having some great conversations in the, in the months and years ahead about what we can do with this system. But it's got to be more robust. It's got to be more contemporary. Yet the FBT Act still talks about briefcases and personal devices. You know, there may be some that still use briefcases, but you know, I think satchel is probably the more modern <laughs> contemporary term these days. Panel vans is another word that comes to mind in the FBT. So there are things that need to be modernised. And it's so important that when we've got a system that we all can see needs fixing, everyone's now got an opportunity. And that means that you know, even the, the individual practitioner, somebody thinks that their voice is not important. Absolutely, this is the time to speak up. And if you've got a great idea or if you've got an insight or you want to get involved, wherever it is in the profession, now's the time to do it. Oh. So, look, on a personal front, I love what I do. I have um, ever since I entered the profession. I think most people who deal with me or see me present see that passion come out in, in the way that I speak and, and the way that I present. There's so much to be gained and there's so much that can be valued, but there's also... For every contribution I make to the profession, I've always got so much back more 
in the rewards that I get personally from from what I do. And that's so important because everyone always asks me because I've also worked obviously a lot in the SMEs and different industries in the allied health industries to help change manage business owners and um, why you work in the accounting industry because it's you know from the outside in it looks so frustrating and I said because we're we're beautiful people like it's such a nice industry it's very rare you meet accountants who are complete asses like they're of course they're in there but yes we've got our own nuances and stuff but because that's of years of keeping up with exactly what you were just talking about the first tax act in 1911 there's probably still some shit you know even in and then you've got eight different books of legislation when you turn up to work every day eight you know when you take in the super and the 36 and you know gst 1997 you know all of those so we have to find a way to balance both and be get our passion out there because I, I very rarely meet anyone who doesn't love what they do, but they feel so overwhelmed that they're just trying to get through their day. But we need to, there is ways to get really efficient and effective so you can then get that voice going. I think Robin just said it's so important. The tax acts, we live and breathe by them. So we need to be involved in their reform. Not the politician. Well, the politicians obviously are going to do that, but they need to understand. We need two things. We need sensible discussion and conversation to come up with the right design. And we also need political courage from our political leaders to be able to make those changes. Now, we've seen glimpses of that over the decades, but um, it's been lacking in, in recent years. So let's see if in the, the years ahead we can actually make this a better system where everyone benefits not just the tax office through revenue but increased efficiency more simplified laws that are easy to follow and people don't get inadvertently caught out that shouldn't be the objective here or shouldn't be an outcome of it yes and businesses can then concentrate on making money and employing more people smes are the backbone of our economy you know 95 percent of our businesses turn less than two million dollars and employ most people and the complexities of this and that, and then the accountants can get that done simple so we can get out and help our clients even more. So it's such a crucial piece in it because it is the one that gets in the way. So um, thank you so much. Anyhow, oh, Robin, that was so, I mean, we could just talk all day and we probably would if we could. And so um, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to actually, we will have to continue the chat towards the end of the year because it's going to be such an interesting six months to look back on. I think, you know, 2020 has certainly developed me some highlights um, and some very, very low lights. And I think that that's what's happening to everybody. So can't wait to reflect it back um, when it's over and, and, and soar into 21. So anyhow, thank you so much to everybody else. If you want to contact Robin and explore that and particularly maybe around the tax reform stuff as well, what's the best place for them to track you down? Look, if they have any insights or would like to get involved in the tax reform aspects, then they can contact us uh, through the Tax Institute. Fantastic. I think everyone knows where that is. So, um, good one. Again, thank you so much for your candor today, Robin. As for everyone else, thank you for listening. Remember, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.